Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when Bobby Blades and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get our show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do we make money from our podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it is 100% free. That's one of my three favorite four-letter F words. It's also ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, admittedly, I am not a rocket surgeon. I'm not tech savvy. I need things to be super simple. Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join the Inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. This is Dr. Boris Orlock of Happy Horror Coffee Break, old-time horror radio show. <laughs> and you're listening to a fourth-hand production. Welcome to the weird and mysterious world of the Inhuman Experience, a paranormal podcast where we explore the strange and unexplained. Coming to you from the mothership directly above the uncanny valley, my name is Bobby Anthem, and with me as always, he is the glitch in your matrix, my partner, my ace, my fellow Inhuman. My name is Bobby Blaze, but you can call me Neo, and I am the one. <laughs> the one Bobby Blades was happening, man. <laughs> oh, not too much. We are having a lot of fun today getting into getting into if this world is actually real or not. That's a big subject, and it's something that we're going to have to tackle more, more than once, more than twice, even. Um, yeah, because we did spend a lot of time politicking on... What did we do? We went from 15 all the way down to 9, I think. So, yeah, we, we've got quite a ways to go. I mean, it's such a big topic, dude. It's, it's hard to it's hard to get through everything all at once. Yeah, and then I doubt we even get everything because there's so much. Like, we could span multiple episodes on just this one topic alone. And I kind of hope to. Honestly, I want to brush up on some things. Uh, and no matter what level of, of knowledge and information that you're coming with, it's, it's an interesting topic to talk about. So I know that we have some fun <laughs> talking about it, <laughs> no matter how difficult it is to wrap our brains around some of this stuff. Yeah. My favorite part was Schrodinger's cat, though. <laughs> You're all about those cats. I love the cats. But even if even if the cat is not real, it's it's still a cat. <laughs> all right. Man. So we're going to get into simulated cats and things of that nature. Simulated cats. Yes. <laughs> all that when we return. So what do you say you want to you want to try to dive into this thing? There's 15 of them. Yeah, man, let's go ahead and do that. Try to break it down like DX. <laughs> All right, what what are we breaking down? We are breaking down 15 unsettling signs that we are actually living in the matrix. And it might be the case, man. We might actually be. Um, let's just get right into this because, I mean, 15, we, we don't know how far, how long this is going to take for us to get through it. So let's let's dive in and see where this takes us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Starting off at number 15, it says video games demonstrate our ability to make simulations. 
Developers are now designing virtual reality video games where your screen is a mask over your eyes and your controller is your body. People think virtual reality movies and TV shows won't be far behind. This type of entertainment is the closest we've come to creating a completely realistic simulation where you can see and touch another world or another life. Like, what do you think about that? Like VR and the whole the whole new thing that's going on now. I have my reservations about it, but I want to know what you think. Um, I, I find it crazy interesting. Um, I, I wish I wish I could see my vision started to get a lot worse. Uh, um, bef- like as things were becoming a lot more realistic, but like the only thing I've seen from VR uh was just from movies and i mean like old movies man like you're talking about lawnmower man and and like the uh the movie david bowie was in things like that um so like that's that's all the exposure that i've had just because with my vision being the way that it is i i can't do any gaming so i it's hard for me to say how advanced things are right now Uh, I just know what people talk about and how mind-blowing these things are and how scary some people say these things are. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't know how realistic it is. I just know that I have the pictures in my head from movies <laughs> from the 80s. Yeah, and that's, that probably doesn't even do it justice for the, the things of today because I watched a lot of the youtube videos where these people are um are playing the vr games and it's like a first person shooter i guess but they're actually seeing like it's not looking it's not like looking at your tv from far away apparently it's right over your eyes so you're basically seeing so you're in there yeah it's you're there and like i saw them playing the resident evil the new resident evil 7 game and I guess they were shitting their pants with that because it was pretty scary, especially if you put yourself like right in that um, right in that headspace there. And so I don't know. VR is pretty freaking ultra realistic now, I'd say. I, I don't even want to try it because I'm the I'm old school. I need a controller. I want to be moving around and stuff looking at my TV. See, I would I would try it, but with my vision being the way that it is, I wouldn't be able to get the full effect. Echolocation, um, man. <laughs> in VR, okay. Yeah. All right. You got to see with your ears. I don't know, man. Like, I haven't even perfected that now, <laughs> so I don't think it would help. In, I've, I've got a video. quick sidetrack here, but I was reading something. Um about two weeks ago when the like when the quarantine after it had been under a week and it was like things to do during quarantine and the one of them was teach yourself echolocation how to <laughs> see with your ears <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> i was like damn i think i want to try that you know <laughs> so you're not if you're completely this. blind you're not bumping into everything <laughs> Right, and I should have been working on that. What the hell's wrong with me? I'm yeah. slacking. You could be like Daredevil and shit, man. I could be banging Electra. Oh shit, yeah, man, you could. <laughs> What's next on the list? Oh, um, before we get to the next one, I wanted to uh, talk talk a little bit about because in this paragraph, there's the philosopher Nick Bostrom, and he talks oh, yeah. about uh, at least there's three possibilities for the theory. And um, one of the three is true, where it says all human-like civilizations in the universe go extinct before they develop the technological capacity to create simulated realities. Or Mm. number two, if they do reach this phase of technological maturity, none of them will bother to run simulations. Now, that's I don't know why they would not bother to run simulations, but maybe they figure they're above it. And number three is advanced civilizations would have the ability to create many simulations, which means there are far more simulated worlds than non-simulated ones. All three are possible, and the third might be the most probable. Right, and that's the one that's saying that uh, it would be very arrogant of us to think that with that being a possibility, that we would be the first, you know? Like if if that's the case, 
it's not likely that we're the first. We we're, we're might not be the second or third. You know, we might be pretty far down the line. We're probably the nine millionth cycle of fucking something or other. I don't know. It's just really Horrible. when I was I was diving a little too deep and it blew my mind and I had to step back from it. But when people say they see aliens and then I'm like, well, okay, if that's, you know, if they're seeing aliens then maybe many of these simulated worlds were not the only creation. So we're bumping into all these simulated worlds and there's a lot of bleed through and all that other type yeah. thing. Same could be said for ghosts, you know, maybe, uh, maybe ghosts and spirits and things like that are just, uh, glitches. Yeah. You know? I was going to say that glitches in the matrix. Okay, so <laughs> with that, we're going to jump down to number 14. Artificial intelligence is getting more and more advanced. Now, this is something you can definitely relate to. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know what I did to robots for robots to hate me, but robots hate me. Well, we know one thing. Seabot definitely dislikes you. Fuck Seabot. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to do better with my profanity, but Seabot... Seabot has made a powerful enemy. Yeah. <clears throat> but I guess it is... I don't is... know, man. Technology <laughs> hates me. Um, AI, AI is... Like, AI is something... I'm not going to say I fear it, but I definitely see it getting out of control. You know? Like, it just it just seems obvious. We're making these things more and more powerful. Um, I'm not even sure where this is going with it, but uh, it's, it's, it's definitely something... I mean, we have some of the smartest people in the world much much smarter than myself obviously who say that it's something that we should be afraid of yeah and you know what i think is it's just like the conversation i had with uh ea coetting when we were talking about that and he was like he was positing that you know we the ai is already learning from us you know through facebook and google and what are we right. doing what are we doing on those platforms we're spouting a bunch of negativity so we're kind of oh, creating yeah. we're creating our own demise in effect yeah. like just putting putting all this out there and they're like oh well humans you know th they're not really all that great why should why should we serve them they should be serving us yeah I mean, we're awful. We talked about it before, um, you know, in different contexts. But like, basically, humans are vermin. <laughs> we're vermin on this planet, man. We, and we we prove it all the time. We're horrible to each other. Yeah. You, know? you are the virus. <laughs> Did you watch that movie? No. Oh man, you you got to see it. Who's that? Virus with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, okay, okay. You were telling me about that. Yeah, I gotta see that. Yeah, it's a it's an alien artificial intelligence that comes like comes down to Earth through a lightning bolt or a radio signal or some shit like that. I don't know. It's been a while mm. since I've seen the movie. Okay. But yeah, so um, I don't know how artificial intelligence becoming more and more advanced is a sign of you know living in the matrix. Could is it uh, is it something that programs itself or are we part of that program that's like we're we're a program that creates the program like is that how it goes? Uh, that's that's probably one way. Um, what I was thinking and one of the things that I heard doesn't necessarily mean that we're in the matrix, but we're headed towards a matrix by. Uh, AI becoming more and more advanced um, because at some point the artificial intelligence is going to take over. Like that's a thing that is going to happen and we won't be needed. We won't be necessary anymore, at least not our bodies. So our consciousness might be uploaded into uh, some artificial world. If, it, if that hasn't happened already, maybe that's the artificial world that we're living in. Uh, nobody has just come to give us the blue pill or the red pill, right? Right. Or maybe, maybe there's a bunch of people who think that that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that that is uh, frightening in and, in and of itself right there. Because yeah. I already have a lot of weird concepts of the universe. And so just thinking about that, uh, thinking about none of this actually being real... Oh, that's pretty unsettling. 
You know, not for me, honestly. And I, I'm I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, I guess because it doesn't make too much of a difference in our day-to-day lives, you know? Hmm. Um, whether this is whether this is all just a program or not, it's real to us, you know, because we're still experiencing things. We still taste food. We still feel things. We still think thoughts. And even, even if it's just a program, at least we think we think thoughts, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't, I don't see that it makes too much of a difference. Like if we get confirmation that, uh, that we 100% absolutely live in a simulation, like, okay you know what now what are we supposed to do stop caring you know yeah i think the part that bothers me is that i delve too deeply into it and then it goes into kind of an existential crisis where it's like i'm wondering well if this if this means nothing then what's my place in the universe you know that kind of thing yeah and so it's it's more like the anxiety of trying to figure out what your purpose is if you have one indeed yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Um, that's sort of along the lines of uh, something that we talked about a while back about um, when I was a kid. I'm, I'm sure I used to drive my mother crazy because she didn't know how to answer. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I told her that it used to bother me. I used to lay up at night um, wondering how a universe could possibly be infinite, <laughs> you know. And if it's if it's finite, then what's on the other what's on the outside of it and if there's an outside of it then it can't possibly be finite it has to go on forever yeah but how could anything go on forever you know that's the kind of shit that i kept away from telling my mom because i used to tell her everything but how could i express those thoughts into words when i didn't even know what types of words to say i would just think that kind of stuff but i didn't know how to spit it out into words it's like because i did wonder you know all right, so if we're in space, then what's at the edge of space and what comes after that? Right. And then, you know, that I, I think that's enough to give anybody anxiety. Because you it no is. kid no kid really thinks about that, you know? Uh, well, apparently, I guess a couple of kids did, <laughs> <laughs> at least. And that's why we got problems today. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I never got the help I need. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still think about that once in a while, and I give myself a migraine from it, because it's like, you know, you start, you don't want to dig too deep, but then you go, and then you get all existential with it, and you're like, well, if 42 is the meaning of life. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, I'm trying to make light of it, but really it is... It's like a frustrating thing growing up when you're when you're living with all that uncertainty and you don't understand like what comes next or if there even is a next. That's something that I don't even stress over. It's something that I never argue with anybody about, you know. Um, you know, we don't have to get all into spirituality and religion and all of that. You know, I've I've done that a, a few times on the microphone and people I think for the most part know what I'm about if they've heard anything that I've done uh, before this, but I don't argue spirituality or religion. People can think whatever they think. I I can feel whatever I feel, think whatever I think, believe whatever I believe, because it doesn't matter because in the end, everybody's going to find out anyway. We're not immortal. So (laughs) at some point it's going to end. And if, if we, if our consciousness keeps going, then we can say, Oh, okay. I was right. Or if we're about to blink out and we're just gone at that very last split second, um, the people who believe that there's nothing else can say, oh, yeah, I was right, (laughs) you know? So it doesn't matter, you know? There's no point in arguing something that everybody is going to find out the answer to anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know what I like to think? I like to think that everybody's right. You know, in whatever they believe, they're right. So if... um, If you want to believe that, like, a giant spaghetti monster is coming to redeem you of whatever or come save the earth, then, hey, you might be right, you know? Yeah, that's a thought, man. We don't know the power of our own consciousness. Maybe we do create our own reality after this. Yeah, it could be possible. And, like, the people who 
like if everybody is stuck on hell then you're gonna you're gonna create that hell whether it's right whether it's real or inside your mind you're gonna be living in it anyway because you created that yeah that makes sense to me so yeah belief is a powerful thing yeah and boy, we just went way off topic. <laughs> but, uh, I don't even know where we are right now, man. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> We're somewhere. We're somewhere in the Uncanny Valley. I know that. We're directly above. Yeah, on the mothership. Yeah. Make my funk the P-funk. I want to get funked <laughs> up. Make my funk the P-funk. <laughs> I want my funk uncut. Oh, yeah. All right, what are we doing? <laughs> What are we doing? Number 13, math runs the world. Have you ever wondered why the same numbers just keep on showing up in your math and science classes? Pi, the speed of light, Planck's constant, the gravitational constant, the list goes on. The fact that we continue to see the same numbers and equations governing how objects move around points to the conclusion that our universe may actually be a computer program. That's one that uh, I can definitely get behind. For sure. You know, math is too exact. Um, there are too many patterns. Yeah, there's a lot of chaos in, in our universe, but there's a lot of patterns, man. There are some things that are just too, too perfect, you know, too symmetrical, uh, you know, um, as far as, I mean, well, I guess that's a little different from what they're saying, but maybe it's a, just a little bit of it. But I mean, I don't know, man. If you look at DNA. No, actually, you know, I don't. Just, I think it's, it's exactly what they were saying on there. Like they're talking about, you know, just um, a bunch of math equations and they keep popping up like everything. I think what they're trying to say is almost everything in nature could be figured out by some sort of mathematical equation. I can definitely go along with that. And I hate math so much. I don't hate math. It just hates me. Well, yeah, maybe it hates me, too. But the, the crappy thing is that I have figured out that math is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of math, you know? I like I like what it stands for. I like that math has a definite answer. No matter what question you ask, it has a definite answer and there are no two ways about it. It's not left up to interpretation. The numbers are facts. You like the absolute That's what I like about math. The absolutism of it. Is that a word absolutism? If you can say it it's a word. I'm going to make it a word. Okay. I yes, I do like the 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 absolutes of math it's like two and two equals four it doesn't equal anything else except for four right it's not left up to debate yeah and so yep i get what you're saying now i would like if the world were you know maybe not math but if it was music notes then that i could understand and get behind oh music is math (laughs) In a way, yeah, but it doesn't seem like math, and I can understand it a whole lot better than I can uh, numbers. <laughs> and it sounds a lot better than math. Oh, yeah, it does. Unless math was, well, yeah, math is translated into music. You got beats per measure and all that stuff. So, right. Okay, so I guess right. I don't hate math, but I just really don't understand it, and it screws with me. Yeah, math and I don't speak the same language. Yeah. But I'm respect it oh respect yeah definitely got to respect the math because it's like respecting nature if you don't you're gonna get like bitten by a snake or eaten by a bear but did you really get eaten by a bear or was it all an illusion was it math (laughs) did you get get eaten by a greater than sign (laughs) it could never be less than don't get eaten by something less than you. That's demeaning. The universe is math, and math will fuck you up. That sounds familiar. We should have a lines of this will, you know, whatever thing will fuck you up t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, we should, man. I gotta get on that. Because <laughs> didn't you didn't you uh, put forth that that quote where the um, nature will fuck you up? I think so. That sounds vaguely familiar. You know my memory. Yeah, so I know you said something along those lines. So it'll be like Bobby Anthem's quote of the day: "Math will fuck you up." Right, man. Do we have more on math or? Uh, no, I think that's it. It's uh, yeah. We're gonna move on to number twelve. We can't observe anything too closely. 
Microscopes have come a long way since they were first invented. We can observe the insides of cells and fertilize embryos in petri dishes thanks to microscopes. Electron microscopes allow us to actually observe atoms, but when we try to zoom in closer than that, everything looks fuzzy. We know that atoms are made up of smaller particles, but when we try to observe those smaller particles, we can't get a clear picture. How come? Astrophysicist George Smoot thinks this is what happens when you look too closely at a computer screen. You just see a bunch of fuzzy pixels. It's possible that we just don't have the technology to observe subatomic particles yet, but it's also possible that we can't get close because we're in a computer program. That's pretty interesting. Mm. Never thought about that one. Yeah. I've never even tried to observe anything too closely, though. Did you ever I mean, look through could, a microscope? My sisters and I got microscopes when we were kids. We used to look at a bunch of little stuff on little slides. I never knew what the hell it was that I was looking at. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and of course, in science class, we did what we could do. But I never looked in any type of a super powerful microscope. So I don't, you know. Yeah. I can't say I have ever seen an atom, an actual one. I've never looked into a microscope that powerful. Yeah, shit. <laughs> so, I'm sure they probably have something like that at a science museum or whatever. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Because they got this cool thing at the science museum near me where um, they're showing how the universe always goes in like a similar direction. And it's represented by a ball that goes in a circle and it slowly goes in a circle like down a drain. And it never deviates. Okay. It never deviates from that path that it takes. Like even if it's knocked off course, it always goes back to return to course, which is really fucking uncanny. And so they were like, I guess they were trying to represent the idea that the universe is kind of elastic, that it, right. um, like, if it dips down, it will go right back up into formation, and nothing would ever deviate from the path it's currently on. I don't know, like, don't quote me on that because, like, I'm by no means an expert, but I, I do remember seeing that type of thing when I did go to the science museum, and I think that's what they were talking about. Okay, my mind is spinning, so I'm <laughs> going to have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, like, I'm always worried about not saying things correctly but i absolutely don't know 100 percent about that but i do know they were trying to it was a representation of the universe and how things follow a course and even if that course is offset by a little bit it will return to its original like its original way huh now it sounds to me like that would be something that's programmed yeah that you does know? because Oh, man. Yeah, now you're blowing my mind. I'm just trying to figure out how how it would correct itself unless the entire universe was its own sentience. And it's like, okay, we have to adjust this course by this many millimeters, you know, to, to get on par with where we're going. Um, and yeah, I just, I've gone stupid now. <laughs> right, man. I'm trying to scoop my brain back up into my head. But yeah, if it if it always returns back to its same position, to its same course, yeah, you know, then then sounds like it's on a clock. Sounds like it's programmed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that that's the case, but that's what you know. That's an argument that could be made. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find a YouTube video on that and show it to you, um, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. I bet there's a bunch of YouTube videos on that. Probably. Uh, what else are we doing here? What else do we have? All right, so we're going to continue on with the whole subatomic. Number 11, subatomic particles are governed by codes. You would probably need a graduate degree in quantum physics to completely understand this theory, but here's the simple version. Protons and neutrons are made up of smaller particles called quarks. According to researcher James Gates, the behavior of quarks is governed by certain rules, and those rules are very similar to the codes that run in web browsers and search engines. By that logic, the rules governing the subatomic particles that make us up could actually be computer code. This observation doesn't necessarily mean that the computer codes came before subatomic codes, though. We may have a bit of a chicken and the egg problem here, or the similarities could just be a coincidence. If you ask me, this could be a greater problem that we'll never be able to find the answer to. 
Okay. <clears throat> I'm still trying to scoop my brain back up from that last one. Yeah, I, I am having a very difficult time figuring that out. Maybe it's just because I'm not a scientist. Ah, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I can't really comment on any of that. And, uh, Again, I'm not so great with technology, so when we start talking about codes and things of that nature, then I'm extra lost. So the, I like I'm reading back on this thing and like the behavior of quarks is governed by rules. The rules are similar to the codes that run web browsers and search engines. Uh-huh. So I don't know, man. That's like is the it seems like can it be so simple or is like the codes that run our web browsers when we're just like looking stuff up be very similar to the codes that are in the subatomic particles and like why why the hell would it be that simple but then again i'm probably thinking too big you know yeah, I'm I'm still over here trying to relate something that I don't fully understand <laughs> to something else that I don't fully understand. Yeah. So like I can't I can't really expound on that anymore because I don't I don't get it. I just don't. I'm not a scientist and I'm not a, a person who writes code for web browsers and all that. So I really don't know. Great. Okay, so that's that one. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> All right, so number 10, the measurement problem. The measurement problem is a paradox in quantum physics that no one has been able to explain yet. The concept is pretty confusing, but the simplified version is this. Something can only be defined when it's observed. Ooh, Schrodinger's cat. It's the issue. Oh, okay, Schrodinger's cat came on. <laughs> it was like, I was, I was a little too quick with that. Until you open the box and look at the cat, it's both alive and dead at the same time. Some quantum physicists think that the measurement problem and other paradoxes in quantum mechanics can be explained by the fact that we are actually living in a simulation. Just like a video game needs a conscious player, Schrodinger's cat needs a conscious observer. On the other hand, just because we don't understand the measurement problem doesn't mean the solution is that we are living in a simulation. Hmm. I can kind of relate to this. Yeah. That's pretty slick, actually. <laughs> I mean, as, as I'm trying to as I'm trying to figure it out in my own simple head. Um, See, I had something I was gonna say about that, but the Schrodinger's cat thing—it it was part of it because there was something that I had read or heard or maybe dreamed. I don't know, but it was talking about something that only moves when it's observed. And it has there's a conscious observer from it, and I'm not sure if that's like an actual thing or maybe I saw it in a movie. I don't know. I'm also now thinking of the the Doctor Who Weeping Angels, where they they only move when you're not looking at them because when they're being observed, they're afraid and they turn to stone. Oh, okay. okay, so I've heard it. you know I've, you know I've never gotten into Doctor Who, but I have, I have heard of that. Okay, yeah, like the Weeping Angels are probably the scariest uh, Doctor Who villains to me now. It used to be the Daleks and the Cybermen, but definitely Weeping Angels, creepy as fuck. Sounds interesting to me. Ah, man, and I broke the rule. I keep dropping the F-bombs. <laughs> I think I dropped a couple, man. I don't know. Well, this one is going to be double explicit. NC-17, parental discretion is advised. I guess it draws on uh, Schrodinger's cat, um, quantum mechanics, uh... You know the the observer influencing the outcome. It's it's always been difficult for me to wrap my brain around that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get that that's what it does. It's just like how the hell could that possibly be the case? How could that possibly work? You yeah. Know, how can anybody explain that so that it makes sense? Well, I guess it it lies in the description of it because how would like you've got a cat in a box and there's a subatomic particle in there. Now, is the cat alive or is the cat dead? How would you know unless you open the box and there could be a cat in there and there might not be a cat and you never know unless you're actually observing it. Yeah, that's the thing. Otherwise, like, yeah. there is no way to know. And once you know, 
Right. You can't shake. You can't shake the box. You can't hear the cat in there. So it's just like you've got to. Right. Well, because technically that would make you an observer, you know? Yeah, that's Even true. Even if you're not looking at it. Right. You're still observing it because you're hearing it or you're um, you're observing it in some way. Maybe you can smell it. Maybe you just took a shit. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's another existential migraine right there. Yeah, it's a bit much. It can be kind of fun to think about, but it can also it can also be a, a big, huge headache. <laughs> so. Which yeah, just brought up a new question for me. Now, are we only aware that we're alive during the time that we're awake? Because we are observing the universe around us. And then when we go to sleep, it's like, yeah, some of us dream, but not all of us remember our dreams. And so it's like, what is what is that level of awareness there? And are we real? You know, only the time that we're conscious. And a little different, but sort of in that same frame of thought. Who's to say that the world doesn't disappear when I close my eyes, just like a baby playing peekaboo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to you, it does. Yeah. Because you're no longer observing it. And if you were in like a uh, sensory deprivation. Right. Um, then you can't hear, you can't see. You can only sense with your body because you're floating in water. And so, like, how much of the observed world disappears because of that? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm getting the chills. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Um, a lot of these things, I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble, obviously having a lot of trouble wrapping my brain around. But uh, Yeah, there's some pretty deep stuff here. Yeah, it's all... I don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards uh, the universe is a simulation. Oh, you're, you're leaning towards that. Okay, we're only on number nine now. We're going to number well, nine. Okay. Well, I say we do one more, and then we pick up the rest of it at another time. Okay. Yeah, we'll do a part two. All right. So number nine, the Big Bang doesn't add up. In the podcast Star Talk, Neil deGrasse Tyson and theoretical physicist Brian Greene suggested that we are live, likely living in a simulation because the Big Bang, the explanation of how our universe formed, doesn't make mathematical sense. Greene said, We used to consider the Big Bang a singular event that gave rise to one universe, but the math shows you don't use up all of that fuel in a single bang. In fact, the bang itself winds up generating more of the fuel, which generates other bangs, other universes. The idea is that multiple universes exist, and our universe could be a simulation created by the people of another universe. The idea that there are multiple universes, however, doesn't necessarily prove that ours is the one that's the simulation, if any of them are. Now, I'm curious if you've heard that episode of the podcast where they talk about that. I've heard several episodes with Brian Green on there, and those are always, always good um, to listen to. Um, he has a way of taking things that um, make my brain melt and, and making them fairly simple. <laughs> so does your brain go back into formation, kind of like memory foam? Not like memory foam. I would say like a like a like a paper cup full of um, pudding. Paper. So cup as long as, as long as it's in the paper cup, it's fine. You know, as long as the cup doesn't rupture. All right. So how? Okay, so your brain is still inside of the paper cup when it's pudding. Yeah. All right, I got you now. Yeah, it's still there. It's still technically a brain. <laughs> <laughs> if I only had a brain. Yeah, that's, um, again, we're getting all scientifical here, and I really, really don't know about science. I should have paid more attention in high school, I guess, but we never really got into this thing. Um, I should have had fewer serious head injuries, and I probably <laughs> would have absorbed more of Serious head injuries. Yeah, but I don't know, man, because, like, I used to love science, but we never got this deep into like the whole big bang and like physics and stuff. I, I'd say you find that stuff out in college, probably not in high school. I remember touching on some of this in high school, uh, but I also remember dealing with so much anxiety that I couldn't absorb uh, so much of it. I, I really enjoyed science uh, when I was in school. I still enjoy science now. I really, really do. 
It's just that there's, there's only so much that I can understand. Yeah. And even when I do understand it, there's only so much that I can communicate. The same thing here. Yeah. So it's like in high school, the only way I was able to block out a lot of that anxiety was when I fully immersed myself into what the teacher was teaching. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I didn't absorb it, but for that moment, I was completely in the moment paying attention to everything that was going on like hoping that I took all that sciencey stuff in <laughs> but I don't know if it stuck with me and we never got into physics though but yeah I mean I remember hearing about the big bang and you know they talked about that all the time they're like oh this is how the universe formed but what if it didn't form that way you know what if uh the universe like they're saying the universe is still expanding and growing yeah so could that be like some of the fuel that's being used up from the Big Bang, whatever, however millennia ago that happened? 13.8 billion years ago. <laughs> yes, something like that. Uh, yeah, and it's still expanding. Yeah, know? it's still getting bigger and uh, it's, it's going to continue to grow exponentially, you know, because we we just don't comprehend the rate that it's expanding. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know, because like I said, I never got too deep into this, but this is very interesting to me. It's interesting to me. And, you know, it, it, I think it was actually even Brian Greene who said that, uh, you know, they used to think that the universe was like, it would expand and then it would all come back into like a big crunch. But I think they figured out that there's not going to be a big crunch. It's just going to keep expanding. Everything is just going to keep getting farther and farther apart um, until there's just too much space between everything for there to still be any energy left. So everything, pretty much everything is going to burn out and evaporate and, and there will be nothing. Wow. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like the end of everything. End of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Including this list for us for right now, <laughs> at least. That's right. We're <laughs> we're going to have to wrap it up. And so we're definitely going to hit the rest. I'm going to save this list. And we're going to revisit this again for part two some other time. Yeah, man. This is, um, this is a little more... Uh, scientifically overwhelming than I anticipated. <laughs> Man, so, my head hurts. My brain Yeah, hurts. but I'm digging this. I'm into it. I like it. It's fun. But there's a lot, a lot of stuff, I'm sure, that even more like the rest of the list that I probably will not be able to comprehend. Even if I did research, I still wouldn't be able to comprehend it. But that's okay, because we're going to come back and we're going to tackle this list and we are going to inhumanize it. Yes, we are going to what you just said. <laughs> I can't even can think of a word. a word. Yeah, so, so inhumanization is a word now. <laughs> With that said, though, um, I want to know, when is Bobby Anthem's In Search of My Lost Soul returning for season oh, two? I was not anticipating that. Um <laughs> Since you asked, because uh, I have people have been asking me about that, um, I don't know. I was in a certain uh, I was in a certain emotional state uh, when I started that project. It was something that I that I needed to do, something that I had to do um, at that time. And right now, I'm kind of in a little bit of a different place. Uh, it will come back. Right now, it's, it's just going to be on hiatus for a little bit, but. It will come back. I just can't say when. Okay, that's fair enough. And if you know, if you guys want to hear more of Bobby and uh, Papa Dave, as well as Yuck Nasty, you can always check out Planet Rock and Tour. It's a guaranteed yeah. good trip. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. That's Planet Rock and Tour. R A C O N T E U R. That's right. Welcome, Beyonders.
to this weird place. Who are these two crazy guys and what is going on? Beyond Terrestrial, or BT for short, is a podcast dedicated to the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Hosted by Dan Martson and Lee Ariat, two guys who discovered late night radio shows like Coast to Coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Thank you for contacting Inhuman Resources, a Q&A segment where you can have your cues aid by these two jackasses, at least to the best of their limited abilities. Feel free to ask any question at all, from how to make a peanut butter sandwich, to how can I get my hot coworker to notice me, to how do manatees bang, any question at all. Just contact at on Twitter with the hashtag Inhuman Resources or email inhumanexperiencepodcast19 at gmail.com with Inhuman Resources in the subject line. And we'll see what we can do about bringing you that much closer to enlightenment. Now transferring you over to the Inhumans and... We have a question emailed in from Isaac and he wants to settle... The debate, the great debate. Oh boy, one of the, the great debates. <laughs> you ready for this? As ready Isaac as I'll ever be. To, Isaac wants to know Is a hot dog a sandwich? A hot, now, is this actually a debate? Because I've never even thought about this. Oh, it's a debate, man. There's there's been bloodshed over this one. <laughs> I there's no gray. I oh, found that there's no gray area on this, man. People either feel one way or the other on this. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to go with my thing that a hot dog is a hot dog. It's it's not <laughs> so, it's not a sandwich. I mean, it might be oh, on a piece of bread, but a hot dog is a hot dog. I I don't say give me a hot dog sandwich. I say, oh, I'll take God. a hot dog with chili on top, please. Dude, I don't know if we could be friends, man. <laughs> I don't know if you and I could be friends. This might be the end of the fucking show, man. I'm Uh-oh. dropping F-bombs. Uh-oh. I feel strongly that a hot dog is a sandwich. Why, though? Is it only because it's on a piece of bread? It's on a piece of bread, man. That's pretty much what a sandwich is. Yeah, but a bun is not exa- you know, a bun is bread, but it's not exactly two slices of bread. Um, you know, it's not it's it's not flat. It's, I mean, there are open face sandwiches. Mm, a hoagie is a sandwich. Yeah, you know? but I I don't know, man. Why? Just because it comes on a bun. So if you ate a hot dog with just like onions and mustard, relish and chili. Would would you still call that a sandwich if it was without the bread? If it's not on bread, it's not a sandwich. Okay, what about a corn dog? The corn dog is not a sandwich. That's not in bread. That's not on bread. It's wrapped in corn breading or cornbread. Yeah, cornbread, man. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it's wrapped in cornbread. So I mean, on it's a on stick. a stick. It's, how about this? <laughs> How okay. About this? Is grilled cheese on a stick a sandwich? I've never had it, but it yeah, because grilled cheese is a sandwich. But what if it's on a stick? It doesn't matter. It's still a sandwich. Like if you and a hot dog is on a fucking bun, which is bread, <laughs> and it's a sandwich. But it's not on a stick, though. <laughs> but a corn dog is. See? See? <laughs> Motherfucker, I will stab you with a corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, man. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> that would be the worst way to go. 
You get a corn dog in the bad eye. Oh man, just not in the good eye. <laughs> well, I hope you're happy, Isaac. You henceforth ended the show. You ruined the show, you, Isaac. Thank you, you. You screwed it all up, sir. Go eat a fucking hot dog sandwich. <laughs> Go eat a fucking corn dog. <laughs> On a stick. <laughs> and, if, and if you have a question for us, not you, Isaac, we're fucking done with you. We're banning you. You're not allowed to ask any more <laughs> questions. But anybody else who has a question, <laughs> uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Pod Inhuman <laughs> with the hashtag Inhuman Resources. And you can also reach us by email. Which is inhumanexperiencepodcast19 at gmail.com with inhuman resources in the subject line. I did watch Stand Against Evil all three seasons on Hulu. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't even know what that is. Okay. <laughs> it's a funny show. It, it's got demons and like all kinds of shit. And this guy's kind of like okay. Buffy. He's the okay. sheriff. I don't remember a lot because when you binge TV shows you don't really take in all that information that you're you know you're watching and that's three fucking seasons right there yeah like even though the seasons are pretty short like eight episodes it's still there's a lot going on but anyway it's about this town in new hampshire uh this uh Okay, so let me start from the beginning. This town in New Hampshire, back in the 1600s, they had a constable who uh, falsely accused witches and then burned them at the stake. And, like, ever since then, the town has been cursed. Every sheriff that takes over is killed right after they're sworn into office, except for this one guy, Stan. And, um, like, through, over the course of the episodes, we find out that Stan's wife is the one who is keeping the demons at bay because she was a part of this um, order of witches, I guess, called the the Black the black hats or i don't know something like that like i said i can't remember everything but she was uh she was part of this order and so she was killing the demons before they could get to her husband which meant that he was remaining the sheriff and it kept the curse going because he didn't die and so then his wife dies and now we see stan um He's with the loss of his wife, one of the witches or the demon shows up to the funeral and is like making fun of him. So there he is in the beginning. He's beating the shit out of an old lady at the funeral, at his wife's funeral. And they fall into the grave. I think that's what happened. I'm not exactly sure. I think they fall into the coffin or something. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. It's anyway, I'm getting back into it now. Um, OK, so Stan, he has to not be a sheriff anymore and a new sheriff is sworn in and this uh this woman's name is evie and like as soon as she becomes sheriff like a lot of weird crap starts happening and uh stan is just like this man's man he's like he doesn't want to deal with any bullshit and blah blah that kind of thing and uh evie comes to talk to him about like the weird things going on he's like i don't really care about all that stuff and then they end up like there's like the first episode she ends up being tied to a stake and about to be burned i think <laughs> by one of the witches there or the demons pretending to be a witch and she you know she's tied to a stake and he's like what the hell's going on and it's like, why can't I, I, uh, I leave office and all the town goes to hell, you know, that kind of shit. And she's like, it could, you could help me out here. And so he like helps her out. And the way that he kills demons is just like hilarious. It's kind of like Ash versus Evil Dead. Like that's the first vibe I get from it. And as the stories continue, the lore gets a little deeper. We find out that the constable was actually the only witch and he was killing everybody else to make his coven, uh, to form his coven of evil, I guess. And that's why the curse exists, because the constable, he was the first constable of that colony. Um, and so like through the throughout the three seasons, 
it's uh it's got stan and evie battling like the forces of evil and his daughter i mean it's just a funny show it's it doesn't take itself too seriously and i was really i liked it a lot okay that sounds insane (laughs) (laughs) it is pretty crazy uh, man we probably should have said spoiler alert oh shit yeah (laughs) if you if you maybe you could put this at the beginning spoiler alert for anybody who has not seen it although it did come out in 2016 so man it sounds insane um and i'm into some insane things so (laughs) i hope the way i explain things wasn't too confusing for anybody who's listening because i tend to go off track a lot and i my thoughts are fragmented so i hope i kept everything on the track for y'all I think it was insane enough to peak interest. So I think we're good. <laughs> it was just so crazy that it might work. Good evening, ma'am. Hey, y'all. What can I do you for? a glass of Chardonnay? I'm sorry, darling. We don't serve that here. Any Merlot? I'm pretty sure you don't want these feet going nowhere near them grapes. Alrighty. How about a craft beer? Oh, yeah. We got plenty of craft beer. Which one you want? No, not craft beer. Craft beer. Oh, no. Hell no. I'm, I'm pretty sure the bar down the street serves that. Okay. Well, what do you serve? I'm glad you asked. Welcome to the Backwoods Barcast. We serve up moonshine, cheap beer, bottom shelf liquor, and stories even harder to swallow. Join Nick. And Brittany. And the janitor, Stephen, as we discuss southeastern mysteries and mayhem, including but not limited to UFOs, true crime, the paranormal, and much more. So knock four times, grab a stool, let the bar talk commence, and as always, drink more beer. And with that, we are going to go into the shout outs. <laughs> so much love to our homie, our fellow member of the Trinity, Mr. Klondike Bill, the other member of the Trinity, which is actually a quadrinity, maybe it's Burbs, uh, Nathan Mondor, our Canadian consultant, Shaheen with NuclearHeatShop.com, Get in the Corner podcast with Yuck Nasty and Dogga Baby. The WNC Super Party with Papa Dave, Johnny Florida, Michael Smith, and Old Man Jenkins. The Dirt Sheet Dudes, which is Boxman, Anthony, and Smart Wahlberg. Also Hollywood Hangout with those guys. Suplex City Limits, Jim Vicious and Tyler Fudge. The Futteration with Travis and Tyler Fudge. Smack It Down Podcast with Jay Silver and Corey Gold. Transcontinental Project with Luke Birch and Sensible Sam. It's Pathetic with Scott and Rybread. The High Marks. Cheeseman, G Wiz, and Mojo. Saturday morning cartoons with Sean and Dave. Bobby Anthem also has a segment on there, so check it out. Archon's Corner with the Wookiee. Yakuza Kick Radio with J Cat Morris. The Michael Deacon Program. Dirty Deeds Done Dirk Cheap with Sir Dirk a lot. Regularly scheduled hostility with Eric. The Alien Conspiracy Podcast, Conspiracy Cafe, Alien Theorists Theorizing, Hysteria 51, and a very special thanks to the networks that provide us a platform, the WNC Network, Wrestling Soup, and Fourth Hand Media. And we have a lot of friends. Yeah, we do. Wow. We started off small. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. If we're going to be quoting, uh, who was that, Drake? I don't know who that is, actually. (laughs) I just know I heard that song a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if I start going trap music on you, it's like, all right, I'm not not working with you anymore. (laughs) I don't think we can call that trap. What is that? Uh, What, What kind of rap is that? I don't know. The kind I don't listen to. (laughs) I just know that part because I hear it in movies and like wherever else. I don't know who sings it though, honestly. I swear. I don't follow that kind of music, guys. Man, we're from a different era. Yeah. We're from the inhuman era. 
<laughs> but this was another this was an interesting one man we're gonna get into the second half of that list well it's not exactly a half that's how bad at math i am but we'll get into the <laughs> we'll get into the rest at another date we promise oh yeah definitely. And we're gonna we're gonna determine whether or not this universe that we are living in is a program or is it real and you know what we're gonna do it by using math so it's gonna be absolute we're gonna learn math by the time we get to the next one it's gonna be inhuman math and that's gonna be absolute absolutely <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you what you thought of this list. Um, do you like us doing lists and commenting on them? We definitely would love to hear from you. So you can hit us up at Pod Inhuman. Definitely follow us. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review to get it read by us. Um, also hit us up at inhumanexperiencepodcast19 at gmail.com. And we'll see you guys in the next one. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.